Every new year, we make decisions about who we want to be. We make resolutions, we set goals. Often these goals are focused on ourselves. Losing weight, saving money, even the best goals are often self-centered. Christ did not call us to live that way. When there's more of God, you're selfless. New Year, new series. Let's discover how we can change our world with this New Year series, Selfless, starting now. You know, last week we started a brand new series called Selfless. Selfless. And uh, with this series, um, I want to ask you a question. Because it's very important that you answer this question. What would others say that you are always doing? What would others say that you are always doing? Let's talk for a moment about personality. Can we do that? Because everybody has a different personality. We are in a culture where um, people are either encouraging or griping, right? In one way or another, they're either encouraging and saying, let's get together, let's figure this thing out, or they're griping about whether it be the government or decisions that are made or their workplace or their relationships. Let me ask you, if, if I was to ask you, what are people remembering you for? What do they say that you're always doing? Would they say that you're finding good in everything? Would they say that you are finding faults in everything? Would they say that you are working all the time or playing all the time? Would they say that you're all business or would they say that you're all play? Would they say that you are a person that builds up or would they say you're a person that tears down? Because we find them both in our culture, don't we? We realize that in our culture today, we have so many that are looking for answers and can't find them because their culture's pulling them in two different directions. See, I decided a long time ago when I said, I want to preach the gospel. I want to bring hope to people. It doesn't matter where you come from, but, but it, it matters where you're going. It really does matter where you're going. And so we're currently in a culture that wants fame. We, we're in a culture that wants all the, the benefits of work without working. We have the invention of Twitter. We have the invention of YouTube. And all have created a culture of people that gives everybody a voice, right? Everybody has a voice. You, you don't want to uh, be somebody else's boss. Be your own boss. Be your own voice. And create a YouTube page and do whatever you want. And you can say whatever you want. And you know what? There's some good elements to that. But also the problem with that is that it gives everyone a voice. Not everybody that can say something should say something. I think a lot of people want to just say stuff to say stuff. I think we need to stop for a moment and think about what our purpose is before we say what we say. That's the truth. Being selfless was really derived last week out of the idea that in John 3.30, Jesus said this. Jesus said that... uh, in order to, uh, for us to become more, we have to become less. In the sense that uh, John the Baptist, specifically the verse that we talked about is, he said, in order for God to become more, I have to become less. And that's selfless. That's exactly what the selfless idea is about. I find that in my life, when I am selfless, I am, in, I am the most happiest. It really does mean that. When I am selfless and I'm thinking about other people and I bless other people, I feel like my life has meaning. We talked last week about we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. So last week when we're talking about boldness, I put out a challenge. Did you talk to anybody this week boldly and say, you know what? 
I know you may not be a, a, a believer. I know that you may not serve God or I know that you may not go to church, but I want you to know something that God did in my life. And maybe, just maybe, somebody was touched by that. Maybe you planted a seed. You know, my thought was to plant a seed in your mind that you matter and everything you do and everything you say matters to God. And so what you believe and, and how you stand up for that, it really does matter to God. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. I really believe that, that, that with all my heart, that people really want to do good things. And in fact, this, a recent study showed that people really want to be the front in the front of everything, even if it's in a negative way. So a recent study said that over 50% of teens polled said they want to be a YouTube star. Over 50%, they want to be a YouTube star. Not that they want to raise a family, not that they want to help the poor, not, they want to be a YouTube star. And you know what? Some have. Some have become a YouTube star. Some have become a YouTube sensation. But can I tell you something? I think the, the, biggest, the biggest thing about being a celebrity is that people don't understand the pushback. Everybody dissects everything you do. When you become selfless, you realize that you're not the main attraction. And that is not easy for people to swallow. But as believers, I believe that there's something we move from when we decide, you know, I'm going to be bold and step out and be selfless. You know what that moves us into? When you become selfless, you move into being courageous. This morning, I want to talk to you uh, here, right from my desk, right to your living room, right to where you are, wherever it is that you're holding your phone, your iPad, and you're sitting there with your family. I want to ask you a question. Are you courageous? Are you courageous? I want to talk to you about being courageous in service. You know, the, I, I hear a lot about the great, the GOAT. Who's the greatest of all time? G-O-A-T. Greatest of all time. Who's the greatest of all time basketball player? Who's the greatest of all time baseball player? Who's the greatest of all time football player? And I, honestly, in the scope of eternity, that doesn't matter. I'm going to ask you, have you been your greatest of all time? Are you setting yourself up to be the greatest of your time? That's the real question. The greatest of your time. Well, there's a problem when you say that you want to be the greatest of all time in the world. Because Jesus said in Matthew, the greatest among you will be your servant. So if you want to be the greatest, guess what? You're going to be the least in the kingdom of God. If you want to be great, you're going to be the least. But if you're the least, God says, if you, if you become a person that's selfless, you will become great in my eyes. Those that humble themselves in the sight of the Lord, God honors. He lifts them up. He builds them up. He puts them on a place where they would never imagine. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you are listening online here and you're thinking to yourself, man, where did, uh, where did my life go? How did I? You can stop what you're doing right now and think about your life. Think about where you're at. Are you doing what your life was intended to be a part of? Are you doing what your hands were meant to? to do. See, I want to talk to you about being courageous in service. And there's three thoughts I want to share with you really quickly. And here it is. You ready? Number one, bring a lunch. Number two, offer a ride. Number three, carry a towel. So let's talk about those three things for a moment. Number one, in order to be selfless, you have to bring a lunch. I'm reminded of a story in 1 Samuel and 
Maybe you even heard the story as a kid. I don't know that there's many people that don't know the story. You can be the, the youngest of the young, and you can remember the story in 1 Samuel. If you have your Bibles, turn there to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 17 and 18, talk about uh, one day Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and, and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. So what did Jesse do to David? He said, listen, I want you to take this bread and take it to the front line where your brothers are battling. And I want you to find out how they're doing Right? I want you to find out how things are going and, and carry it to them because they need to get along. They need to figure this thing out. And I want you to serve them by bringing this bread. You know, it's easy to criticize the small tasks. And you could have, David could have looked at that and go, come on, I'm better than that. I'm always given that task. And I think we've all done that at time, from time to time. Man, somebody else can do that. Somebody else can handle that. Can I tell you something? I've done, I've been there. I've been there in a situation where I felt like, you know what, somebody else can do that. But really, uh, God has called you to serve, bring something to someone. And in this case, bring a lunch. So it's easy to criticize a small task, but that's where it all begins. Look at me. That's where it happened. That's where everything in David's life turned. Everything changed when he decided to serve bread to his brothers on the front line. He took that delivery to his brothers on the front line and he carried that basket of bread to his brothers. Friend, I'm telling you today, you need to carry a lunch. You need to bring your lunch, whatever it is to God. Bring that lunch. Are you packing today? Are you packing your lunch? Are you bringing whatever it is you have to God? I learned this. I learned that if you want to win a battle, you have to carry a basket. If you want to win a battle, you have to carry a basket. And so when we look at being great, if you want to be great, the great ones start out. They don't start out in the basket. They start out in the, in, in the back fields, tending the sheep, serving and taking care of people in this respect when it comes to you and I. Shepherds take care of sheep, right? That's what they do. But people... Take care of hurting. Take care of the broken. Take care of those that have been through some things. Do you know somebody that's been through something? Do you know somebody that has, has, has gone through some things that they, they never thought imaginable? Do you know somebody in some way, shape, or form that has gone through something in 2018 that they cannot uh, imagine that they went through? They've just, they just been hurt. Can you reach out to them? Bring a lunch to them, serve them, love them, and show the love of God. It's easy for us to become a people that are so caught up in our own world that we forget everybody else. Please, don't forget everybody else. Decide to follow Jesus. Decide to bring a lunch. When you bring a lunch, you bring your purpose to the front line. That's exactly what David did. He didn't know that he was about to face Goliath. He didn't know that he just was bringing a lunch. He was just serving. That's what he was doing. But in serving, he didn't realize that he was bringing his purpose. He wasn't just bringing bread to the front line. He was bringing his purpose to the front line. Bring a basket. Great, great things happen when you bring a basket. When you bring a lunch, when you bring your purposes to the front line.
See, in the kingdom of God, the little things are the big things. The little things are the big things. And so when we look at what Christianity looks like, David brought what he brought to the front lines. Are you with me? Because that's what he had. That's what he had in his hands. What do you have in your hands that you haven't given to God yet? What do you got going on in your life right now that you are holding on to? And I'll talk about that a little more as we move on. In the kingdom of God, the little things are the big things. When you serve, you always have something to offer. The people that step back and go, I don't have anything to offer is because they honestly, there's a good chance that they're not serving. You can do anything in the church and serve. And in that service, God will say, I want you to do this. And that may move to something else. There are wonderful people at Freedom Life Church that started by doing one thing and God moved on their heart and they did another thing and God moved their heart and they did another thing. And all of a sudden they find themselves ministering to people that they never thought was possible. And so, man, start by serving in one way, one capacity. One thing you can do is if you are part of Freedom contact, be connected with uh, Sammy. She, she's our connections director. She'll be able to help you to figure out how to get connected in a ministry. See, all Christians are God's stewards. All of us who say we're believers, we're God's stewards. We're stewards of our time. We're stewards of our energy. We're stewards of our money. All that is God's really, but we, everything that we, has been entrusted upon us, we're in charge of. We are to steward that. And when you serve, you always Always have something to bring to God. Trust me. All Christians are God's students. Everything we have is on loan from the Lord. Did you know that? Everything that you own, everything you possess is on loan from the Lord. I, sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I think this is my stuff. This is what I'm doing. This is mine, 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 all mine. No. What I have right now in my life, I have because God has given it to me. Everything I have, a family, a home, a job, a passion, everything that I have, I have because God has given me that. Take a good look at your life. Stop. Don't compare your chapter one to everybody else's chapter 20. Don't do it. When you compare yourself to everybody else, you saying what God did in me isn't good enough. What God did in me isn't good enough. Well, I'm telling you what, God has entrusted you with some great things. Don't worry about the people and what they say about you. How many people said things about David? Oh, he's the youngest. Oh, he's this, he's that. He's the one that God called to bring the bread to the front line and moved upon his heart. He was the one that fought Goliath. Why? Because he was serving. Busy serving. God used him because he was busy serving. That is awesome. That taught me something. And so no one has ever built a statue for a critic. No one has ever built a statue for a critic. Everybody that talks about you in a negative term, you stay moving forward, you stay doing, and one day they'll be forced to talk about you in a positive way because you have stayed the course. Friend, let me tell you something. It's those who have put something on the line that are labeled courageous. Those that have said yes when everybody else has said no. Anyone can claw their way 
onto a stage, but not everyone, not everyone will carry his anointing. David was anointed king. He was anointed king because God had his hand on his life, not because he wanted the spotlight. As a young boy, did he, did he want to be recognized? I'm sure he did. What boy doesn't want to be recognized? You look at any, any time you watch youth sports, kids love to be cheered. And that's fine. That's great. But guess what? When you're 30, 40, 50 years old and you crave that more than you crave the desire of God, you got to ask yourself, what is my life? What direction is my life headed? Am I being courageous in what I'm doing? Because honestly, when all is said and done, it's what we did for God that counts. So anyone can claw their way to the stage and grab the spotlight, but not everyone serves. Let me tell you something. You want to make a difference? Start by serving. Sometimes you have to serve to see. Sometimes you have to serve to see. You have to see God's plan, but you see that by serving. So my first thought is simply this. Bring a lunch. Second thought, offer a ride. Offer a ride. What am I talking about? Luke 19, 31 says, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say the Lord needs it. Do you remember this? Jesus was preparing uh, his, his uh, journey into Jerusalem. And they went and the disciples were given the opportunity to go get a donkey so he could ride it into Jerusalem. You remember that? And he said, go, get it, untie it. And if anyone says anything, tell them the Lord needs it. Let me tell you something. There's a lot, a lot of people that might say, you know, God doesn't need you. Well, God wants you. Whether he needs you or not, you know, he wants to use you. Does he need you in the scope of eternity? No. He doesn't need you in scope of eternity. We need him. But does he want you? Oh, absolutely. He wants you to respond to his call for your life because he created you for a purpose. Maybe you're listening here today. You're watching us online and you're thinking, I don't have a purpose, Pastor Tony. I don't have a reason. I don't have, I don't have a purpose to do what I'm doing. Trust me when I tell you, you do. You have a purpose in life. And I want to tell you something. There's a way to find it. And part of that finding it is finding it by serving Jesus. You see, offering a ride to somebody, giving up what you have, just like the lunch, giving up that ride, it was huge. You see, about 553 years before this scripture found here in Luke, the prophet Zechariah declared that the king would ride into Jerusalem humbly on a donkey. That's Zechariah 9.9. Two kinds of things happened here. Number one, they were obedient to go get the donkey. Number two, the people that had the donkey were obedient to let it go. They were willing to let it go. And so there are two moments of surrender here. The moment of surrender, uh, one, some don't know what the prophecy is, but I'm supposed to go do what God called me to do. I don't understand why, but I'm going to go do what God said do, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with a smile on my face, with a cheerful heart. And so one of the things that we decided to do is we decided to say yes to God and go get that donkey. So maybe that's you. Maybe you decided to go and do what Jesus said to do. And some of us don't know what kind of king you're serving. And you're saying, okay, I'll give up what I have. I'll give up uh, and I'll offer a ride to somebody. You know, we have some wonderful people that are part of freedom 
here today. Some of you have come online and, and you're saying, how could I be a part of what we're doing? Well, listen, you can offer a ride to somebody to church, right? But you can say yes. You can say yes in a lot of ways. You can say yes by serving. You can say yes by giving, which you'll see a link online here. It's very important that, that we're part of serving, giving, and loving. Those are all very important parts. And saved people serve people. Saved people give. Saved people honor God with everything. And they say, yes, yes, yes. So if you're not serving, I want to encourage you, serve. If you're not giving, I want to encourage you, give. You'll see a link below. If you're not doing something for God, do something for God. Open your mouth and say, yes, God. In 2019, I'm selfless. In 2019, I say, yes, God, because I've decided to go get the donkey because I don't understand everything Jesus is doing, but guess what? I say yes. Or maybe you're on the other side. God is giving, giving you a radical request and you're willing to give up something. So some of you are going to go get, others of you are going to give up. What is it? One of those two, God is calling you to do. There's not a single person, look at me, there's not a single person online right now listening to me. There's not a single one of you that God didn't call to do something great. There's not a single one, man, that excites me. There's not a single one of you that God doesn't have a purpose for your life. Some of you, some of you are friends of mine on Facebook and you see my post and you've never been to our church, but I want to tell you something. God has a purpose for your life. I believe that with all of my heart. God has been calling you, but you've been pulling back. Well, I don't know. I'm not really a church person. I'm not really a Bible person. I don't know if I can believe like that. Stop the what ifs. Stop the I can'ts and decide today to do something. Decide to go get something for God. Decide to go give up something for God. Jesus used the donkey to connect the common people. Listen, let's let's. Let's show everyone that the kingdom of God is simple. It's riding on a small donkey into Jerusalem. See, everybody thought he was going to ride on a big old white horse, and that'll come. Revelation taught us that. Revelation showed us that when Jesus comes, he's going to come on that white horse in victory. That hasn't happened yet. Why? Because he had to show his humanity. He had to show his humility. And he had to show his love for you. And he did that by riding in a donkey into Jerusalem. Life was not meant to be under Roman rule and the people knew that. So what did he do? He decided to say, you know what? I'm going to show you that the king can be humble. What's your reason for not being humble? What's your reason for not serving? I don't know what that looks like, but his choice of a donkey instead of a horse was not my preferred view. That was not my preferred choice. If I was to ride in, I'm, I'm, I want to ride in on a horse and say, listen, guys, I have the answer, right? That's what most of us would have probably done. But he came in on a lowly donkey. Friend, let me tell you something. The truth is that most of us, if not all people throughout the, the ruling uh, of this king, they realized that they were being oppressed and suppressed and they were looking for an answer. and They were looking at it in their own way. I'm going to ask you to put that to the side, all your expectations of what you think God should do. And just say, God, what do you want me to do? No matter how simple it is, let me do it. Christ loved you so much that he didn't just want to save you. He wanted to show you how much he loved you. And so with that, I think the reality that God is good 
becomes very real. It becomes very real. And so what good is telling you if he didn't show you? What good is telling you if he didn't show you? If you want to be courageous, friend, in your life, you need to serve the king. You need to serve the king. Bring a lunch, offer a ride. What's my third thought? Here it is. Carry a towel. Carry a towel. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about John 13, 4 and 5. Here's what it says. Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped the towel around his waist. He took that towel, put it around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. John 13, 4 and 5. He then goes on in Matthew to say, the greatest among you will be your servant. Friend, following God is about the towel, not the title. Throughout his three years of ministry, here's what Christ was trying to tell his disciples. When you serve others, you serve the Father. But when you serve the Father, you don't chase the titles. You grab a hold of the towel and don't let go. One of my pride and joys here. I know I'm stepping off camera for a moment, and it's a little bit uh, unorthodox, but one of the things that I got a, a chance to do is when I, when I got my credentials as a minister is I got one of these right here, and it says simply, called to serve. This holds a lot of weight to me. I love the fact that I have my ordination, and I have it on my wall. I, 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 I'm proud of that, the work and the hours and the all the years of training and schooling, that means a lot to me. You know, graduating college, you know, all the, any accolades or certificates that I got mean the world to me. But none of that matters if I'm not called to serve and use this towel. Friend, have you used the towel? Have you picked up the towel and served somebody? Some of you are like, well, I'm not really a Christian. I don't really understand what that looks like. Have you helped somebody? Have you figured some things out in your life? If you haven't, you can. You can. I like what Charles Spurgeon once said. He said this, and I quote, Stand still. Keep the posture of an upright man. Ready for action. Expecting further orders. Cheerfully and patiently awaiting the directing voice. And it will not be long ere God shall say to you, and distinctly as Moses said it to the people of God, go forward. You know what he's saying? Hang in there and God will tell you what's next. Go forward. Listen, friend, you're called to carry a towel. If you're a believer, especially, you're called to carry a towel. Here's what my life goal is. You ready? I have a lot of life goals. But here's my number one life goal. That God would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So how do we carry a towel? Here's the nuts and bolts of it. Are you ready? Here's how we carry a towel. We love and we greet people that we're not used to loving and greeting. That's hard, right? We love people that are unlovable. Because Jesus said it himself, huh? It's easy for us to love. The New Testament teaches that all across it. It's easy to love people that love you. And it's easy to love the lovable. But what about those that are not? Are you loving those that are unlovable? When's the last time you opened your home to have someone over for a meal and share life with them? You, you, you say you're disconnected. You say you're wondering. When's the last time you did that? Start there. 
If you haven't done it in a while, start. Even if it's three weeks ahead, even if it's a month from now, put it on the calendar and say, I wanna have this friend over. I wanna connect with them. When's the last time you carried someone's bag for them? What am I talking about? Bag, their baggage, their pain. Just listen to them. When's the last time you listened to somebody? When's the last time you welcomed a stranger? If you're part of the VIP team, you know what I'm talking about. Man, when, you, when you're standing there, you're not just a person standing, handing out a bulletin or something. You're there to love on someone that's walked into the doors, whether you know them or not. If you are someone that works with teens, students, when's the last time you just love the team right where they're at? You know what I love? I love when someone walks into our church and they smell like alcohol or something like that. You know, that's a weird thing. No, 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 no. It's not a weird thing because they could have stayed home and they had a hundred reasons to stay home. They probably hung over. They probably had a rough night. They probably addicted. Who knows? But they came and I love them and you should too. So I find myself excited when I find someone that maybe they could have had a hundred reasons not to come, but they found one that they held on to. Reach out to someone, love someone, buy groceries for someone that doesn't have groceries. Man, our benevolence funded freedom took a hit this year uh, because we, we try to help as many people as possible. I'm not complaining. We're glad to do that. I wish we could do more. Maybe God has put on your heart. Maybe, maybe you're not the type to do that, but maybe you can write the check to do that and help somebody else. We have a benevolence funded freedom. We have a part of that. You can designate um, an offering to freedom. Say, listen, I want to help people in need. That's a part of it. Let me ask you a question here then. As I kind of put this into practical form, let me ask everyone online in the internet world right now. Hopefully, uh, you, you stood with me here for a few more moments. Uh, we're going to pray for people in a few moments. Uh, but let me ask you this question before we go into those things. Let me ask you this question. How many times have we missed that serve joy feeling by answering God's call because you said this? I will blank after I blank. I will blank. What is that? After I blank. I will serve after I change my hours of work. Or I will give when I get a raise. I will love when that person or after I see that they're worthy of my time. I will what? What is it? Because we often find ourselves saying that whether we understand it, comprehend it or not. We find ourselves saying, I'm going to do this as soon as this happens. You know what we're doing? We're limiting the moment that God has given us right now to see his miracles. A lot of people ask this question. Why don't we see miracles today? You know why? I believe that there's a lot more miracles that could happen when people just say yes. When people just say, yes, I will go untie that donkey. I don't understand why. Jesus, you want me to go untie that donkey, but that's because you didn't know that in Zechariah, the prophecy in Zechariah 9.9 was that the king would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. You didn't know that. You didn't read that. You didn't understand that. But go untie that donkey and let God take care of the rest. Or maybe you're the one with the donkey. Whatever that reason is, I will blank after I blank. What excuses are you making? Can I encourage you? Don't make any more excuses. I will attend church after I feel like it's time. 
I will, I will, I will when. You're never going to be at that place where you feel like you're 100%. But if you give God whatever you got, he's going to fulfill everything he has for you. Have you held back anything from God? If you have, stop right now. Don't hold anything more back. Have you said to God, the conditions have to be a certain way in order for me to be obedient? I'm sorry, that's not the way it works. Jesus said, say yes, and I'll show you the rest. Man, when you serve, you are most like Jesus. I hope this word encouraged you. I hope you realize how important you are. And I hope you see that the selfless life is a courageous life. The selfless life is a life that decides that service above stardom is how Jesus saw it. The world wants to be YouTube stars. The world wants to be that sensation that everyone's word. You know what? The least in the kingdom of God will be the greatest. So let me ask you one more question. How can you do more of these things this week? How can you bring a lunch? How could you offer a ride? How could you carry a towel this week? Maybe among yourselves, when you, when you log off here as a family, maybe as an individual, maybe you're with a couple friends, whoever it is. In a, in a little while here, when you log off, maybe you should ask yourself, what can I do differently this week that I didn't do last week? How could I be more selfless than I was last week?